Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonçalves. Coming up, the Santa Rally on the share market continues. New funding to help protect the retirement savings of Australians and the ACCC seeking greater powers to regulate mergers. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 20th of December 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Jonathan Takadena from MPC Markets to talk about the year ahead and the opportunities for investors. But first, to the ACCC, which says consumers and businesses will pay higher prices and have less choice if it isn't given greater powers to block anti-competitive mergers. It's in response to a Treasury paper on merger reform. For more, I spoke with the ACCC Chair, Gina Cass-Gottlieb. The only power we have currently is to be able to go to court to seek to stop or unwind an anti-competitive merger. The problem with that is it's too late. The uh, parties will have brought together the businesses, gained com- competitively confident, sensitive confidential information and maybe wound down parts of uh, the businesses that compete. And uh, we are left, in effect, chasing the consequences instead of being able to see in advance and prevent anti-competitive mergers before they occur. And just for a basic uh, explanation. I mean, we often hear about the ACCC blocking um, deals, especially those um, companies that are listed on the share market. H- how does that typically work? H- what kind of communication initially is there between, I guess, you and those companies? Do the companies come to you, for example? Currently, we have something that's pretty unique in the world. We have a voluntary informal regime. And there are a range of companies that come and notify us voluntarily, but because it's voluntary, there are a number that uh, either don't notify us at all and we only find out about it after it's occurred, or they come late or with inadequate information so that we're not able to undertake the review that we wish for. However, uh, large listed companies will usually come first and pre-notify and then comply with our informal merger review regime. So is it fair to say this is more targeted at smaller companies? Not entirely. We have had examples of very large global companies that don't notify in Australia because they preference and they notify in the jurisdictions where there are mandatory requirements to notify. So they prioritise those jurisdictions. And we have had, for instance, a very large merger relating to the supply of gantry cranes in ports where port and efficient and effective ports are very important in Australia. They did not notify here. We found out from customers who had heard they were uh, merging, but we had not been notified. Okay, so what are what are the implications for Australian consumers and businesses of this? Competition is a key driver for uh, Australian consumers and small businesses that take services or supply into uh, larger companies that are then merging. 
competition delivers greater choice, more price, downward price pressure, and greater competition in order to deliver higher quality services and to innovate. And there is a lot of concern at this time that our markets are too concentrated and they're not delivering enough in terms of productivity and innovation. And we need the right fit-for-purpose tools to ensure we can properly scrutinise mergers. When you say fit-for-purpose, what kinds of tools are you looking for exactly? We are looking to have a mandatory suspensory regime, by which by mandatory we mean that parties seeking to merge who are above a certain size or, or threshold are required, and it's a breach of our law if they don't notify. So step one, they have to notify. And step two, they can't proceed. They're suspended until we have conducted an assessment and decided that there is not likely to be a substantial lessening of competition. We are also providing for that there would be able to be a full review by the competition tribunal so that we would be held accountable in the way we undertake our process. It sounds like it might be more work for the HPLC if these rules do come ahead. Do you have the resources for it? We would be needing to increase the size of our team. Uh, it, however, uh, we are sure this is very important uh, from a consumer perspective, a business perspective and an economic perspective. Uh, we have many changes happening in our economy now, digital transformation, net zero transition, and all of those mean it is really important to see the mergers and transactions that are occurring to make sure they are ones that will deliver benefits and not uh, create the detriment, significant detriment of less competition. Are there potentially a lot of mergers and acquisitions out there happening that we don't know about? Uh, So firstly, we don't know what we can't see. However, we get indications of it. So recently, Uh, we were approached by a large listed company to acquire the second largest network of pet products and services in Australia. And we had that, uh, that's pet stock. They had over a number of years built the second largest network. They had not notified the ACCC of any of those acquisitions. We conceded that in various local suburbs and areas where Australians are wanting to buy products for their pets, that there was a concern about a likely lessening of competition because of these acquisitions. We did not know about them, Uh, that there has been negotiated and agreed a sale of 41 stores and a number of veterinary practices in order for uh, to resolve our concerns about those acquisitions. So it's a good example that there is a lot going on that we're not seeing. There, there have in the past similarly been such uh, non-notified transactions in key areas such as pathology services affecting the whole of Queensland. So the significant transactions bearing upon services and products that are really important to all households in Australia happen and we don't know about it. That's the HPC Chair Gina Cass Gottlieb there. Now, Market Day. 
on the SBS On The Money podcast. Look, the Australian, dollar, Australian share market did really well today. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.65%, 7,537. It means that the market's less than 100 points away from a record high. And since the very beginning of November, shares actually rose 11%. The Australian dollar is also higher at about 67 US cents, approaching 68 US, and that is a five-month high. For more of the day's market action, including what he expects to see next year, I spoke with Jonathan Takadina from MPC Markets. Actually, Ricardo, it's actually been having a great two-month period since the October lows. It's rallied about 11% in that eight-week period, and it's only about 100 points from all-time highs at the moment. So it's been a broad-based rally, and a lot of the, all the sectors are helping along here. It's been led by the miners, the banks, and most recently real estate. And so we've seen that the Santa rally has come early this year, and it's been a big one thus far. But it's not just um, equities, because we've seen the Australian dollar also at a five-month high against the US. Is it all to do with interest rates? Or- so traditionally, foreign exchange has been driven by interest rates and interest rate outlooks. And the easiest explanation of the strong Aussie dollar is that currently the, the outlook for interest rates is more dovish from the Fed versus the RBA. Now, also, the Australian dollar is seen as a risk-on currency. And because we've seen a strong move in the stock markets, which is a risk-on move, we've seen the Australian dollar rally alongside it. Final question. We're approaching the end of the year. So where do you see the opportunities for investors? Well, I think 2024 is going to be similar to 2023 in that we're going to see large moves in both directions. So I think investors will have to pay attention throughout the year. Uh, one of the spaces that we like here is that is in the lithium sector. Now, li- the lithium sector has been beaten hard in 2023, dropping about 30% for most of the large producers. But just this week, we've seen Gina Reinhardt, along with SQM, place a $1.7 billion bid for Azure Minerals. And that's seen Liontown jump 17% this week. So we think that's put a bottom in lithium prices for now. And what we see is that we like names such as Mineral Resources, Pilbara and Liontown to have good gains in 2024. That's Jonathan Takadina there from MPC Markets. We're going to end on superannuation where the protection of superannuation accounts of low and middle income earners are said to be strengthened with a federal government grant assisting consumer advocacy group Super Consumers Australia. It will receive $5 million over five years to help it operate. To find out what it's going to do, be doing with that money, I spoke with its acting director, Jared Brody. Super Consumers Australia has secured the role of becoming Australia's superannuation voice, I suppose, the voice of the consumer. Can you talk us through what your expectations are around what this is going to effectively entail? Well, Super Consumers Australia is the people's advocate in the superannuation uh, sector. Uh, We really are there to advance and protect the interests of low and middle income people in Australia's superannuation system. Uh, the new funding really provides that certainty to Super Consumers Australia to ensure that we're able to be more effective in uh, providing independent uh, advocacy for Australians. So how, if at all, then, do you expect your role to differ based on securing this government kind of contract, I suppose, to what it was before? 
Well, this uh, announcement really gives us security to um, improve and enhance our advocacy role. I mean, we do a number of things. We engage in policy analysis and campaigning. We use real people's stories to shine a spotlight on the biggest problems in superannuation. We also conduct independent research and analysis using uh, rigorous, conflict-free approaches to lift the lid on things like fund performance and approach to insurance and also customer service in the superannuation sector. And also we engage in investigative journalism. So we uncover the truth about issues people have with their retirement savings and provide practical advice to help cut through the spin that sometimes comes with superannuation. What do you think is going to be your number one priority as you kind of move forward? Or what is the main thing that you're hearing as a concern on behalf of consumers? Well, I think uh, Australians uh, find superannuation complex and difficult and opaque. So our role is really to be there as an advocate. One issue that we're hearing about more often currently is around simple uh, customer service and complaints handling uh, when it comes to your superannuation. Uh, People are having a a long time to resolve issues, delays, having to escalate their matter to the Ombudsman service. We would like to look into ways to ensure customer service is more effective and efficient. Uh, We'd also like to ensure that people, when it comes to their retirement, uh, have got some safety when it comes to retirement income so that they are able to have uh, confidence um, when it comes to managing their money in retirement. Finally, in terms of consumers reaching out, I suppose, and having their voice heard, what is the best method for them to go about doing that? Well, Super Consumers Australia is really there as a a policy and research advocate. We aren't able to resolve individual concerns. Uh, There is also uh, Money Smart, which is the government website, which has a wealth of information uh, for people when it comes to uh, asking questions and seeking answers about retirement. Anyone that has um, a a complaint around their superannuation should raise that directly with their superannuation fund. And if it is unresolved, they are able to escalate that to the Australian Financial Complaints Authority. Also, anyone who is in financial difficulty or wanting to uh, get on top of their finances because they're in a tough spot, we'd encourage them to speak to a free and independent financial counsellor. The best way to do that is to contact the National Debt Helpline uh, which is a free call, one 800 Jared Brody there from Super Consumers Australia. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Listener.